GM, GM. Welcome to the Web3 Writers Hour. I'm CD Demicio, and it is September 12th, 2023. This is where writers, Web3, Write3, and the right stuff all mix it up. We're here this morning, joined by my co-host, Cryptoversal Books, our good friends, Odd Writing, myself, that's G-Monk, um, <laughs> Epic Dylan and Riona Morgan. We got to get you up on the stage as well. Um, I didn't change mics when I changed my voice, you guys, and I'm sorry for that. It's it's an oversight. Hey, and there, Edward Carpenter waking up at like 2 a.m. Um, oh shoot, Edward. Uh, oh my gosh, I just removed Edward when I meant to invite him. That is unforgivable. Oops. Totally oops. Um, hey, so you guys, how are you today? I'm going to get Edward back on here. Let's see if we can get this get this working. I hope I can add him back in. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? It's kind of wet here in New England. We've had some flooding and some rain, and there's a hurricane on the way. And uh, it seems like I was talking to someone and uh, just, just uh, describing that um, it seems like every other year we either have a drought or too much water than we know what to do with and it's been a long time since we've just had a nice normal summer where we get enough rain but not too much rain um those were nice days how's everybody doing today in your part of the world man i'm not gonna lie it definitely is similar here it's like overcast and kind of cloudy and stuff i can't testify to whether floods are coming or not uh, most likely here in the desert we're not going to see a flood but we do sometimes uh, we, we had quite the loud thunderstorm the other night, too. Uh, my day's going okay. I'm, I'm sick. You can't hear it right now, but I, I went to work and tried to do some stuff with my hands earlier and just uh, could not. So that was very, very frustrating. But um, since then, I've, I've kind of uh, dove into some edge dust stuff and kind of make hay while the sun shines, so to speak. And uh, me and uh, Robbie went to a call with the Nomadic team earlier that was just phenomenal and i say call with like air quotes even though you can't see <laughs> my hands um and basically it was uh synchronous tech uh based and it was like yeah i don't know it was really wild um we, we never ran into the problem you run into all the, all the time on spaces where multiple people are trying to talk at the same time and you, you can't hear any of them you, you can go through and, and just read them all you know uh so, so I, I think that's a really interesting thing and, and i can't wait to try that out with uh at least the Paystop core team and maybe the, the Paystop community more broadly uh, coming up soon. Uh, so that's a little bit about my day. Uh, thanks for asking. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds like a, like a great uh, chat platform. Um, text, why not? Why why not? Um, and, and like you say, nobody's talking over anybody and everyone can just be be talking, uh, getting all the, all the good work done. Uh, I'm really excited about what's what's going on with PageDAO. Um, I'm looking forward to all, all those developments and, and, and it's 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 going to be amazing there's it it's it's um seems like there's there's vc money going into the wrong hands and we need to prove that to them um and you know they're they're wasting their money because uh i i I can't see i can't see anyone uh who's been in the space as long working as hard getting as much done as page dow has um and 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 just killing it uh so yeah it's you know I'm I'm really excited to hear uh, get into the details on it when they're when they're available. Uh, how's everyone else doing today? Hey, I am doing great. <laughs> Cryptoversal, I managed to get Edward back finally. Um, Edward, I'm so sorry. You know what's funny is Edward today 
has a topic, which is the power and perils of moving slow versus fast in Web3, seeking balance and community building. But I would like to point out that there's also perils in moving fast, which is what I was doing when I kicked you out of the space. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, no problem. Looks like they, they let me back in. So I'm really happy to be here with everyone today. How, how is everyone doing? I think I'm, <clears throat> I'm doing all right from uh, Austin, Texas. It's hot here. Uh, but I did hear a little bit of rain on the roof last night, which is uh, which is good news for for where I'm at. Um, and um, uh, you know, there's some, there's a lot of bad news in the in the news about Libya, but there's really good news about the James Webb Telescope that has me uh, very excited. Although it's a little bit uh, early, um, so we want to jump the gun on on uh, the James Webb thing. Oh, jump the gun, my friend. Come on. I'm uh, I'm aware of the Libya news, which is a, another totally awful disaster to go along with Morocco and, and other places. Tell us about the James Webb Telescope, please. Jump the gun. Yeah, okay. Well, um, so uh, it detected uh, dimethyl sulfide on the planet K218b. Um, now, this is a, uh, this, this chemical, uh, the only way you can create it is that life can create it here on Earth. Uh, but we did have uh, something similar or, uh, you know, we discovered what we thought was a sign of life on Venus, and it turned out that wasn't, re that wasn't real. So this actually, uh, we're still going to need about a year before we know if this is actually legitimate or not. We already know from Hubble that the same planet has carbon dioxide and methane and water vapor. So the fact that... Uh, James Webb now discovered at least a, a, a signal for this this molecule. It it if, if it turns out to be real, it could be the smoking gun for for life on on another planet. But again, it's uh you know I, I jumped the gun last year with the Venus thing, and I got all excited, and I got on Facebook, and it's like they found life on Venus, and then and then of course I felt silly because I jumped the gun. But uh, anyways, this is a uh, interesting news. That's super exciting. Um, but I got to say, man, I mean, I own some moonlings that come from Venus. So there's obviously life there because um, Venus doesn't have moons. So they live right on the surface of, of Venus. Um, it's it's in the NFTs. It's so ridiculous. I'm sorry. You guys are all talking like intelligent stuff. And here I go again with my, uh, my ridiculousness. Edward, I want to jump right into that topic that you brought today because I think it's awesome. And I'll let you just lead into it. I, I mentioned it, but please tell us more. Okay. Um, how's uh, how's my connection? A little better than sometimes. Yeah, it sounds Seems good. Um, sounds you good. sound a, a little bit hollow, but it could be that you're sitting in a camper or something in the middle of the Australian outback. Oh, uh, very close. I'm I'm sitting in the bathroom of a small hotel in Canberra. Um, it's uh, it's unfortunately very cold here. Um, so I'm, I'm envying uh, George his uh, his warmth in Texas. Uh, but I am, yes, traveling across Australia in a tiny, um, tiny bread box. I'll try and post some, some images at some point. Uh, a little electric Japanese K-Van um, with my lovely wife who's asleep in the next room. Um, but if there's a hollow sound, it's because I'm in a very um, echoey space, so I apologize. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, this idea of, you know, moving fast, moving slow, uh, relative to Web3 and then seeking balance and community building are things that I've personally been kind of um, both struggling with on the seeking balance and community building side, I feel like, and um, learning a lot about uh, as I sort of 
turn this little tiny van into a house. So I just want to maybe start the conversation. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of projects that kind of came in really fast in, in Web3 writing last year, and many of them seem to have completely disappeared. And then there was others that, um, you know, seem to be moving extremely slowly at times. Um, and some of those, at least, are still around. Uh, and I feel that I've also um, sometimes, you know, moving slowly into an event, uh, you know, the, the measure twice, cut once idea. Um, has a lot of value. On the other hand, um, there are some advantages to really just jumping into something, um, especially if something hasn't been done before. So if there's already a template for the thing you want to do, like to build out a Ford Transit camper van, like someone's already done all those measurements. Um, if you're trying to build out a van that's never been, like nobody's ever really done this before, uh, there's something to be said for just kind of experimenting and seeing what works and, and failing quickly and pivoting to the next thing. Um, so just want to kind of throw that, that those ideas out there and, and see what sticks, what people might want to talk about, what experiences you might want to share. I think for myself, uh, I, you know, there's obviously benefits to both sides. Uh, for a long time, uh, I was very anti-fail uh, fast kind of a person because I was I spent many years as a software developer, and I'm, I guess I'm still a software developer, but but I always thought that the places where I worked that they always cut too many corners and they went too fast and they put too many things uh, sort of in danger by doing that. Uh, but then later, uh, I, me and uh, another person tried to start our own company and we did the opposite. We, we kind of said, okay, we're going to be super, super careful. Um, and, and it just flopped. So, so, I mean, there's, there's, you got to strike a balance. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm not as anti, you know, fail fast as I used to be. Uh, because of that experience. Yeah, so one of the interesting things that I would guess I would throw up about the when you are moving fast um, is even if you are going to move fast, if you're in the planning process and you're doing something that hasn't been done before, um, maybe give yourself about two to three times as much time as you estimate for any given thing. Um, and that way, uh, if you run Head of your guesstimation. That is, if it takes you less time, um, you'll find yourself like feeling you're ahead. Whereas, what's I've found um, a couple of times now to be very likely to happen is you're going to under, underestimate how hard something's going to be or how many iterations you may have to go through. Or, in the case of those drives that we're making, how delightful something is. Like, my wife and I have kind of powered through, you know, the couple of days between um, Melbourne and Canberra. Um, but it's because we didn't, we kind of guessed what the amount, the minimum amount of time that we need. Um, and it turns out uh, we need all of that plus. So we don't have the time to actually stop and enjoy many of the things that we are passing by because we've made commitments to be somewhere else later on. So in both travel and, you know, physical construction in the real world. And for me also with, um, you know, arts and poetry, uh, it has taken me a very long time to get the second edition out because I'm trying to incorporate a MP4 you know, spoken word, you know, really interesting piece of work. And that's not something I had done before. I kind of made up some assumptions about what was the art of the possible in terms of, you know, sort of off the shelf solutions. And, and yes, I've, I've definitely found that I feel if you're moving quickly through unknown space, um, maybe give yourself, still give yourself 
a lot longer than you would intuitively think based on your own previous successes, something's going to take. See, I'm uh, I'm kind of the, the opposite. I'm like, a, well, like, for example, with Vagabond Magazine, I was like, okay, I want to do a magazine. So I started doing a newsletter and then I was like, nope, I want to make it a magazine. So I did four issues in four weeks and Cryptoversal was helping me with it, um, doing the literary section. And I think Epic Dylan was in a couple of those first ones, but I mean, it was just like, it was so imperfect and I knew it was imperfect, but we just had to get it out the door so we could show people what we could do. Um, and you know, we haven't created a perfect issue yet, but we're getting closer every time. And this last issue was doggone close to being perfect. Um, so anyway, I do feel like sometimes you just have to like, um, shit or get off the pot, uh, you know, toilet metaphor, I suppose. But um, that's that's my opinion on it. The, the problem is when you do that, you do run the risk of breaking things. You run the risk of like hitting the wrong button. You run the risk of, of you know, doing the wrong thing. And so you have to be willing to like sweep up the mess or to, to fix the mistakes that you make along the way. I, I love this topic, by the way, because it's so Web3 because – you're right, Edward. There's so many platforms that we've seen come in and be like, we're going to do this. Like I think of a published NFT, which I've heard nothing from for so long, or even um, the Meta Library, which was so awesome. And it, they've just seemingly disappeared. And they came in so big. Um, and and then there's PageDAO, which is PageDAO has just been steady, 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 steady. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's going to take some time. Sometimes there's little bursts of energy, but it's never really unsustainable. So yeah, I mean, I would love to also sort of revisit all those platforms. I mean, Creatopia is another one that just like keeps going along, you know, and it hasn't had like, it hasn't been like book IO, which, you know, book IO has had that like moment of like, Holy shit, millions of dollars. I don't think Creatopia has had that moment, but I think it's, it's possible that it could happen anytime because they're not giving up. They're not going anywhere. So anyway, I'm, talking a lot but what about the other platforms and what about other people's experience with fast and slow yeah definitely we're we're at an intersection of technology and creativity and i and i think that's that's kind of tearing us in two different directions where you know technology you want to move fast and break things and and that's the goal is you know if something can be breaking broken it should and then when you fix it it's going to be stronger um, but the creative side of it is you you want to you want to be sl go slow and and do things right and and have something that's enduring in itself uh, and 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 has value in itself and so you know being web three literary um, and these platforms were all web three literary they were they were looking for the big tech breakthrough and push it as far as you can and also the big creative breakthrough and and someone is going to come and be the next Harry Potter and it's going to come out of this space and it's going to, and it's going to bring onboard people into the space because they're going to want this story that's not available in a, in a traditional format. Um, and I think until we see, we see just this perfect alignment of creativity with technology, um, it, it's going to, it's going to be tough. And, and, and part of it is, you know, what's, you know, what to move fast and what to move slow with, and part of it is, you know, part of the machinery is inherently moving fast uh, as the technology changes and evolves. And part of it is inherently moving slow as you 
develop a story and characters and and a world and and an audience for it. Um, and yeah, how how do you how do you bridge the gap between that? I guess what what, what do people think about that? Oh, I think that's a great question. And honestly, this is something I've been working on for uh, for a lot of this year. Um, you know, it started off and I, I was under pressure. You know, had to figure out some some way to kind of make ends meet financially, and just just kept failing and just kept struggling, and eventually had to get a day job. And, and now the perspective has changed. And, and so, in the past, uh, the fallacy that I was guilty of was that I would, you know, go balls to the wall and just absolutely push as hard as I could for a while. But in the interval between these periods, um, there was very little support and there was very little continuity, and and so. Um, I, I think that the balance between fast and slow has to be that there is kind of like always ongoing, like kind of slow development happening. And then, uh, you know, in the context of this larger framework, um, you're allowed to maybe make fast pushes here and there to, uh, you know, to achieve specific target objectives that are well aligned with that bigger, slower framework. Um, and, and so, so I think that that's the way that those two things play nicely together. You know, like I, I like to race cars. I like to, you know, win video games. I like to play bullet chess. You know, everything I do is about kind of going fast. Um, but in order to be productive, you know, I, I have to situate that speed within a uh, more uh, sort of, I don't, I don't know, continuous, I guess. Context. That makes perfect sense to me, Dylan. Um, like. Because the way that I have to work, the way that I have to write is I have to actually, I have to give myself bursts. Otherwise, I don't get anything done. I, you know, it's one of the reasons why I love uh, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month in November, um, is because it, it incorporates those bursts. It's like every day you sit down and you do like a, a 2,000, a 5,000 word burst, boom, and it's done. Um, and at the end of 30 days, boom, you've got the story. And of course you always have to come back and fix it. But yeah, I've never been diagnosed with, you know, um, ADHD or, or any of the, the neurodiverse things because I'm of the age where they didn't diagnose that stuff, but there must be something going on there because if I don't do things fast, I lose attention and I'm doing something else. So I have to really sort of like move and I also wanted to touch on the aspect of community building that Edward mentioned. And that's one of the huge, huge things that moving fast fails on is again, the example of vagabond magazine. Like I said, let's just do it. Let's build it. But the most successful projects in web three, they spend a lot of time building the community before they ever launch anything. An example I can think of right now is Sugartown, which is the Zynga game. They've, they've built a huge, huge community. They haven't launched a single thing yet except their Discord. They're just, and they won't let most people in the Discord. So that's a, that's a big Web3 thing is the community building aspect. So how do we feel about building better community? What are some best practices for building better community? What are some ways that you guys have had success with building community as writers in the Web3 space? I mean, I guess I was, I woke up thinking about some of the community aspects, but also some of the, you know, the darker side, I think, um, as well as the good. I think it's great to build a big community, um, build it, you know, quickly if you want to. Um, but I look at a few projects and I say, you know, they, they built the community based on, you know, promises. And they actually took a good bit of money from the community and then never really delivered 
anything for that. So it's one thing if you deliver, say, a book and you charge a high price for the book and then then you go, this just disappear. Um, that's okay. Uh, you create a product, something, somebody, you know, bought the product based on what it was, the writing or the, the cover art or whatever. Um, but if you say that you're creating, you know, the next library of Alexandria or this or that, um, and if you sell essentially speculative library cards um, and say the value of this library card is you get to read all the books that in the future we will write. Um, so, or if you create a token of some sort and, and you know, get, get people to, to pay ETH for your um, token. And obviously, you know, nobody's doing that for a community of 10 or 20 dedicated readers. They're doing that for a community of, you know, a few thousand uh, very interested investors and speculators and, and yes, readers and, and various uh, exactly the sort of people that you would think, hey, if these people were actually rewarded for their experience, so if they got experience commensurate with what they thought they were getting, that they would in fact be really bullish and really advocates for. The problem is that the more times there are people who get burned by, you know, these um, projects that pull, you know, currency out of the community, um, because we really are in very much a self-funded um, community at this point. If you look, say we're a community of readers and writers in Web3, because I was actually I was talking to a web poet on a different platform um, and they said, you know, I publish poetry on Web3, but I don't read my books on Web3. I don't consider myself to be like not Web3 for books. He was very much Web3 for poems. And I said, you know, I get that um, for all the, uh, the amount of, you know, ETH that has gone into this ecosystem. Um, we still don't have a, a really functional e-reader for long form books. Certainly nothing that's compatible with all the wide range of um of NFTs that are out there. So from a pure reader's experience, Web3 is still something of a disappointment, unless you you know, are one of those, like, I don't care where I find it or what format it's in, I'll read it. So that's one of my things, I think, that I worry a bit about the way what's called community building is often done is that the community, and that's why, again, I, I really do want to applaud PageDAO and um, CreateTokyo, which were some of the first uh, projects that I personally invested in, um, because I have gotten the promised value, uh, and they're still around. Um, it's one of the things I think is great about Vagabond Magazine. Um, uh, yep, the first issues might not have been, you know, to have the perfect layout and have this and that, uh, but they were they were exactly what they said they were going to be, and they were reasonably priced for what they said they were going to be, and they're still around. So the, the still being around part, I think, um, and also you, I think, uh, if you're going to leave a, leave a community, um, there are, there's a graceful way to make an exit. And I don't think that we've always necessarily seen that. Uh, but I'm also very conscious that I don't feel I've always delivered um, uh, even for, so I feel uh, within the Web3 poetry that I've created a very small community of poets. But in, with um, the second volume, I don't feel I've delivered, again, in terms of, of the time axis, uh, what I um, would have wanted to. Did I promise anything? No. Do I feel that there was? It's implied that if you have a a journal, um, that it has some sort of a publication schedule, and that that is less than the the time between current issues, uh, perhaps. But that goes back to this question of balance, and I think um, I think Dylan might have touched on this as well. But uh, let me get off the um the soapbox and see what everybody else thinks. Edward, I'm going to jump up there while you're still on there because um. Arts and Poetry Magazine, 
you said it was going to be a process and you've been very clear all along the way that you're taking your time and you've been, you vocalized about it. And, you know, the, the meta library card, which I think you referenced, I don't mind just calling them out because I paid for that too. It's such a disappointment and it's such a terrible like ripoff in a space of, of readers by readers, you know, of writers by writers. And I feel like those guys were writers and they, they sort of just left us all hanging out to dry and maybe they'll come back into the space and do something. But, um, it really is a bummer. I do want to shout out a positive to another project too, that has been like from the beginning there and consistently providing value to people that are involved in it. And that's Riedel. Riedel has been another one that they keep showing up. They keep doing things. They keep innovating and doing new things, but Edward go easier on yourself because I think, uh, I think you're not in that same camp as some of these other ones that we're talking about. You're definitely someone who's here who vocalizes what you're doing and who lets people know you communicate. Um, on that same level, the reason why I jumped up here in the first place, while you're still on the soapbox, hopefully, is I wanted to ask you about Lit and community building there. I know you're deeply involved in Lit and what's going on there. How is the community going there? How how are things with Lit and the Litiverse? So I would say that the Litiverse is one of those places that is the almost perfect example of, of how to do everything wrong and still have the potential to do well. Um, so we have just gotten to the point, you know, I, my involvement started out just being someone who bought, you know, Neil Strauss's book and wanted to review it um, and then got kind of involved in um, a lot of their projects. And one of the things I really liked was that they, they did interesting technical stuff. Um, and what I thought was interesting at the beginning was kind of their, you know, some of the their anonymity and they're just kind of like weirdness and, and it's going to be a surprise. Um, but on for, and, and the idea was they were supposed to form a DAO and that they had this, you know, pretty big chunk of um, tokens that had been gifted back to them by Cosmo Di Medici. And that was supposed to fund these grants for arts projects and, and interactions with uh, web three artists. And so that was what I was really believed in. I was passionate about. And unfortunately what happened was that, on the, and they built a huge community around this, um, and they did do some really interesting things, and then they just dropped the ball in the community. So the founders, who were anonymous, just kind of you know, disappeared, and a couple of people from different kind of brand name organizations kind of dropped in for a moment and then um, di- dipped out as soon as it was clear that there was going to be any sort of due diligence. And of course, you know, it's, it's not easy when... Uh, when all markets are crashing. But for most of us who are in this room anyway, uh, we looked at the bear market as just a time to to build cheaply um, and to collect cheaply. Uh, so, but there's a core group that has never really given up. And so we are at the point um, of actually very close to actually forming the DAO or the process of transferring, you know, the, the tokens uh, that the DAO is meant to control um, and for uh, for better, it could say for better or worse, but for better, um, despite the length of time the process is taken, uh, there are actually a couple of the founders on the other end of the phone um, who are working with us to get this done. So. My hope, and I think Rihanna, I reached out to you about, you know, where are you licensed to practice law? Um, because one of the things is a DAO is, um, among other things, it is a legal legal structure some places. And we've seen with, I think, SBF, the importance of having the right legal structure if you're going to actually be a large, you know, organization with members around the world. And 
and issuing tokens or using tokens um, and promising value and uh, and giving grants. So um, I think we were ending up going with Wyoming as the location. They, they're one of the, the state that brought the LLC to America, um, and they seem to have some of the best um, both privacy protections and kind of uh, they doing just enough due diligence, but without too much state control in Web3 right now. And, and believe me, we explored a lot of options. So, uh, but when you say, you know, where is the community in Lit? Uh, I am just a simple, you know, a simple spreadsheets kind of guy. I'm a very math focused guy. So I just look at, you know, indicators to me, like what, what are the number of interactions with a given post in the Discord? And it used to be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. And you could see like how many, you know, a couple of you know, two or 300 active members online. Um, and when I see, you know, a post from from somebody who's kind of brand name in the community that gets, you know, seven, seven interactions, seven emojis, uh, to me that says, you know, there's there's a lot um, left to bring back. But what I think is that if you have a big community and they have left because it's just not performing, you know, if Bitcoin came back tomorrow with the new amazing thing, uh, the reality is that they have five or six thousand people who still follow them on some sort, and if you were to airdrop them something amazing, um, you would probably get them back pretty quickly. Whereas I probably have um, maybe under 100, you know, dedicated people uh, that the same thing would be true of. So uh, it's that, that's a long answer to a short question. I hope it maybe shed some uh, insight, but also maybe uh, spark some more discussion. It's a great answer. So one of the things that that I'm always thinking about, and um, we tried to do it with PageDAO. And by the way, Indefatigable, nice to see you here. So for Roth, glad you're here. Future Adora, so glad you're here. Zodicus, I don't know you, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. I sent you an invite to come up and speak if you want to. And also, DR Smart, welcome back. Uh, you've been here with us before. So anyway, all you guys are, are welcome here. But how do we combine these communities? How, how do we take these small communities, you know, PageDAO, and Riedel and Lit and Creatokia and how do we merge them? And you know, the answer to me was always to to do that under and through PageDAO. But you know, again, how do, how do we do that? Do you guys have thoughts about that? How do we make that happen? That reminds me of the uh, WBSG Discord, the uh, Webbook Standards Group, which uh, the idea there was that all the uh, you know all the literary groups would would uh, uh, you know. Uh, follow certain interfaces and, and certain protocols and and then you could you know talk to each other and, and share things um, and Dylan and I uh, or mostly Dylan did a lot of stuff on that uh, and uh, right now it's it's taking a break but uh, I do know that the the idea is floating around out there uh, <laughs> and the, the idea will not die so uh, I think it's only a matter of time before there's a lot more interactivity amongst all the different platforms. Okay, so I got to say this, but the problem that I had with the WBSG and the reason why I think it didn't um, gather more steam and interest is because it just, and I, I understand the importance of it, but it wasn't fun. Like we, we sort of have to create a fun way for, for readers and writers to interact. And um, web book standards is not the way to go. Um, maybe Riona and Cryptoverse, because they're lawyers, they would date that more. Well, yeah, yeah. That's how you uh, how you would gamify web book standards uh, to make it a, make it a fun process. Um, but if you, if we could, because it, I, I think I think 
George is definitely on to something that, that we need some kind of, um, you know, maybe maybe an, an umbrella organization or maybe just, a, you know, a place where, where, where everyone in the industry can gather and just blow off steam and, and, and share ideas and share standards and um, get the excitement going um, because, you know, these, all of these platforms are not in competition with each other. They're, they're all, you know, in the same, in the same game to, to help each other out and, and, and build the space into something um, that people will come to. Hey, I just want to interject right quick to say that the Web3 Book Standards Group's product is actually alive and quite, quite, quite well. You guys are not going to believe what I'm building with it right now. And also, uh, you know, it, it may not have been fun, but, you know, at least it was short. I, I think it did what it was supposed to do. That was definitely not a personal slight. Edward, you've had your hand up for a bit. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think it is great that um, people in the, the community are, are looking at this idea of, of a standardization. Um, and this is, again, that, that kind of moving slow versus fast. I was just looking, you know, at the, the history of writing. I've been listening to too much Jared Diamond in, on the car lately. But, um, you know, the writing has been around for 5,500 years at least. Um, and... When we talk about a book today or a newspaper or a magazine, there's a very distinct thing that we think about. Um, and if we say, you know, magazine in um, whatever country, whatever language, whatever country we're in, most people will think of something glossy that's about, you know, 60 to 80 pages and has a bunch of advertisements and some, some long-form stories. Um, and we say poetry journal or book or, you know, there's some things that we think. And we think that that's what it is, Right. But it's really only been that way for maybe 60 to 80 years in the case of some longer form stuff and newspapers, maybe a few hundred years. Uh, but it took a very, very long time for the human race to settle on um, what a standard was going to look like in written media. Um, and even now, I mean, we're here kind of changing that standard. So I think that it's it, this is one of those times that it's OK to say um, in a perfect world. Uh, it would be because I, I am a very standards guy. I travel around the world. And I wonder why we'd never settled on a, a, a single set of electric sockets, why I have to bring an adapter everywhere. Um, and I think that the best we can do as creators at this point is to um, my way has been to create across across platforms. So I've, I've published with everybody um, and to advocate for what I find as a reader to be good good solutions currently, which is includes, you know, um, being able to read something in a sort of a Kindle-ish format on my phone. Um, but one thing that I think, and I think Rihanna, maybe you did this, maybe you can remind me if I'm right or not. Uh, somebody did a project where if you bought their book, um, one of your options at least was to get a hard copy um, of the book sent to you. And you'd have your NFT off, obviously, and your, your other stuff. Um, audio is another thing that seems to lend itself well to the space and lend itself well to the lifestyle that many people in the Western world at least lead today. Um, but those are, are kind of my thoughts on um, standards, uh, which are kind of like you know, they, they do tie back to that moving fast and slow thing. Wasn't that uh, MS Borland that did the, the hardback book option? She definitely did one, and I couldn't remember if anybody else. I think Book.io, you know, one, one of the things that they're talking about, at least, is the idea that you could have, I think, print-on-demand of your NFT. So, again, that's one of the projects that I have not yet 
dive deeply into. I think I have my Cardano wallet that's funded, but I've just that was the the third the third trio of my things to talk about was balance um, and my balance between real life, which I think Dylan kind of talked about, and that the needs to to do other things um, and uh, and Web three is a little bit off, and I'm still working on that. The book I owe, I think, was going to offer some sort of interface between the paper kind of Web one standard and the Web three. Hey, um. You know, it occurred to me while we're having this conversation, I'm like, hey, we need a place where we can all, the tribes can all gather. But, you know, these Vagabond Magazine spaces hosted by Vagabond Magazine, these are the place. So come to these spaces, the Web3 Writers Hour every Tuesday. Vagabond Magazine has VMGM every Monday. Come to that. By the way, speaking of Vagabond Magazine, congratulations to Indefatigable, who is the new tech editor for Vagabond Magazine. You've had your hand up for a while, Indy. Speak or don't speak. You can do as you like. Well, he's waiting to chime in. I just wanted to, to add Vagabond Magazine actually to the list of multi-platform. I think that, that you guys are now available, maybe not in hard copy. I don't know if anyone does kind of print on demand for magazines, but you're available both in uh, Kindle um, and various formats on uh, of web ways you can read Web3 if I don't uh, misremember the latest. That's correct. We're on Tezos, Riedel, uh, which you can buy with Matic, uh, you can also buy with ETH Matic on OpenSea and Rarible. And yeah, um, I think that's where we're at now. Am I missing anything, Rihanna? No, I don't think so. I think that that's exactly right. Okay, let's see if, if Indy, do you, do you want to talk? <laughs> we want to hear you. I mean, we really do. But we don't want to hear you unless you want to speak. So uh, if you're unable no. to speak, that's okay. No, yeah, knowing knowing how busy he always is, I'm imagining he's like trying to talk on the <laughs> on a cell phone at the same time while doing this. So uh, it's totally cool. Yeah, I just want to say hello to uh, to Arjan, basic, um, who just dialed in when I when I mentioned that I had been talking in a um, another forum with someone who uh, believed Web three was a good fit for poetry, but maybe less for reading long form. Um, he is the uh, the person that I was having that that conversation with. So, so Arjun, welcome. Good to see you here. And uh, you, like myself, I believe, publish a poetry journal. Um, did you want to uh, tell us anything about that? I think I mentioned last week that I was hoping to talk to you a bit about that in this space, and then uh, unfortunately, I was I was sick and was not around. And Vagabond and Cryptoverso are carrying the weight for me. Arjun, we have sent you a, an invite to come up and speak if you want to. But Riona Morgan, in the meantime, I saw that your hand went up. Uh, it, it did because I I was listening to everything. And good morning, everybody. I just wanted to jump in and say that I had an opportunity to attend a local writers conference here where I live in Montana, and um, it was the first time. Um, I think I've been recognized as a writer, like at a conference one other time, but it was really um, because I was speaking and people sort of knew about me. And, and this was, this was um, years ago when I was um, president of Montana Romance Writers and people were like, oh, you're Rihanna Morgan, blah, blah. Anyway, but this conference that I went to just this last weekend, um, I was recognized um, 
and then the person came over and was talking to me and they were like, what, what are you doing? Like, I see you all the time on Twitter and, and what are you working on? And so I was talking to them about literary NFTs and digital collectibles. And then there was, you know, how you're talking with one person and then there's three or four other people that join. And so eventually there's six, nine, 10 people standing and we're sort of having this conversation and nobody had any idea about literary NFTs or digital collectibles or even Web3. And I, I attended the conference for an afternoon time frame. And, I, and I've been a writer a very long time, which you all know, but I felt like I traveled back in time like seven years, 10 years. And I'm like, they're still having the same conversations. They're still talking about um, querying publishers. They're still talking about trying to find agents. They'll, they're still talking about... that that the the struggle that exists in in traditional publishing and I'm just like oh my gosh I I have an answer I have an answer hey everybody you know we need to have a we need to have a web3 conference and so you know I got so many people's phone numbers and we're going to set up a set up a time to get together and have like a seminar and so I'm going to be you know, inviting people to come join and listen here and inviting people to come be part of this with all of us. And, and I really feel like that that kind of outreach, you know, I'll tell a few people, they'll tell some more people because now it's coming from someone they literally know, um, and not someone that they just see online. And so I just feel like that the powerful, um, piece of all of us together we're, we're so early, even though I'm, I'm immersed in it all the time with all of you and I love you all so much and, and it's so wonderful, but I just feel like that, that we're so early, still so early. And so I just am, I am, I'm like over the moon excited about all of the things that we're building and, and we get to create the world that we're all wanting. So I just wanted to jump in and say that and say good morning and say, I love you. I just want to highlight the how important it is to the, have these real life meetings. And I'm very, uh, consider myself very privileged that um, Future Adora and I have met in person and did a poetry reading together in Amsterdam, the lovely place she invited me to, and that I've gotten to meet with and speak with uh, Rihanna and, um, and CD and uh, a few of the people in the space and hope one day to be able to put names to, to most of the faces. But anytime that there's an opportunity um, to get together. And it could be a big, you know, crypto conference, but it could also just be, you know, one of the things I think I did with Litizens and maybe I should try to do within our community is just create like an actual, you know, Google Maps overlay of where everybody is. So next time I'm George in your town, uh, I'd love to pop in and have a cup of coffee. Um, and the same thing, uh, DR Smart, I know you write about the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, I served in the Marines at a base uh, very close to where some of our first um, uh, African-American soldiers trained and Marines trained uh, in the, the beginnings of World War II. Um, so there's, I think many of us have a lot and all of us are, are kind of, I think, joined by a common thread that we like to read books. Um, and Arjan, I might try to um, practice my French with you if I make it over to whichever part of um, France, because I believe that you are, you're based in France, correct? Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Thank you, Edward, for uh, for uh, for inviting me up here. Here, I am uh, based in France. I live just outside of Paris. Uh, I was in the very, very good fortune uh, fortunate position to uh, be able to visit the uh, vernissage of the poem subject uh, opening uh, the exhibition. So I actually met uh, Sasha Styles and uh, Anna Maria Caballero 
and some of the other wonderful poets out there. Um, I met uh, another poet. We have an NFT. Uh, there is an NFT factory uh, in Paris, which is uh, basically an NFT gallery. So that's uh, I try to go there from time to time. Um, it's absolutely true. Meeting in person is uh, is, is an added uh, bonus to uh, all this uh, wonderful uh, connecting that we do. Uh, I even managed to invite one of the uh, crypto poets I met um, to uh, come and judge a uh, poetry reading competition at my uh, children's uh, primary school. So that was fun. We had uh, a jury of three. Uh, consisting of two uh, people who publish on chain, so that was uh, that was great. That's wonderful, and I just have a quick question for you—a little off topic, but not really. There's a uh, a lady in one of my other groups who is looking for a place in Europe to do a IRL um, display of NFT art. She's sort of a, a sort of a mid-level collector and a patron and advocate. Um, do you happen to know uh, any places in Paris? Uh, would NFT Factory be a good place if I was to recommend? She's, she's reached out to her community for recommendations for a venue in Europe. And I was like, well, I don't know, but I, I'll ask people if I find them. Uh, yeah, well, um, I don't personally know the, uh, the the people behind the NFT Factory, but that would be actually a very good place. It's right across from the... Uh, Centre Pompidou, which is uh, the modern art uh, museum or contemporary art museum in Paris. Um, so it's really in the center. Um, they have screens. Um, I don't know if budget or something for that. Um, uh, so they have an open screen uh, event from time to time where you can rent the screen. So uh, she should definitely reach out to them. Uh, okay, I will, I will do a bit of research and, and recommend her to um, at least look into it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And um, so I think um, we we met indeed last week, uh, Edward, on uh, on on Warpcast, uh, the Farcaster platform, which was fun. Um, and we spoke a little bit about long form and short form and poetry. And I mentioned my uh, digest to you, which. Then, subsequently, I had the good fortune to uh, talk about uh, at length here in this uh, this hour <laughs> um, last week. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'm be listening to the recording um, as I'm driving tomorrow. Uh, so, hopefully, I'll catch up on everything I missed. But we're really happy that you had a, a chance to speak here and for everybody to um, to meet. Because I think again, one of the, the great things is that Web three sort of connects us across. Um, across traditional boundaries, across languages. Uh, and actually, that's one of the things that I still think that there's a lot of, sometimes talk about what I think the the available niches are, but one of the things is translating. So um, will there be a Vagabond Magazine uh, French edition? Will there be a Vagabond Magazine German edition or Spanish? Because I mean, Riedel is based in Spain and Creatokia is based in Germany. And I know, personally know three or four um, Web3 fanatics who are um, who are French. And somewhere in our group of people, there are people who you know, know how to do translation or can recommend someone. So that's just a, a thought. Let's just say, we, hi, yeah, and dojo uh, yoroshiku. Um, we'll just stick it all out there. But you know, Arjun is actually published in Vagabond Magazine. Um, 
And we learned that last week. Uh, he was part of our Thread the Story, which if you guys aren't taking part in that, get into the new Vagabond Magazine Discord. We've got Thread the Story, which is something five words at a time. You got to wait your turn. And um, we're writing a story that's amazing. And it's it's all amazing. Everything's amazing. And Indefatigable, I saw your back. Can you talk now? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Ah, it's so good to be here. Um, so many things. I'm going to offer some mixed metaphors for some of the cool things. Um, also, quick note to Edward Carpenter, uh, Paige Dow had an awesome uh, consultation with a group called Platform Cooperatives. They're based in Germany. They have lots of relationships with local people working in both crypto and art, and they would definitely be able to hook someone up with uh, space. Galleries were definitely one of the people that they work with. Um, uh, so definitely reach out. And so... I was thinking of, you know, as you talk about blockchains uh, and and platforms on these kind of like separate islands, I was like, you know, honestly, we don't want centralization, but we do want standardization and standardization is boring. Um, even the mechanisms we use to talk about it, so like a place where people can go, we say that all the time. Where's the place that people can go and what's the medium that it runs on? Is it on some despot's medium or is it uh, an autocracy that we don't control or is it something that we own? And so I'm so excited to be able just to, I'm thanking everyone in the space who shared their thoughts because that it feels like I'm doing user research for the stuff that we're both building at PageDAO for things that we're in conversations with around privacy first, uh, technology solutions that are user owned and controlled. And it's really, it, we are still really early. Like Rihanna said, it's like we've fast forwarded to a future. We have like boats and jet skis to hop around on these islands while some people are just really, really stuck on the mainland and have not even ventured out. So like to, to, to be very clear, we need to build real trans transatlantic transcontinental lines that allow people to do the jaunt and do it safely and get back home safely, right? Uh, and feel confident that that's the case. And it's okay where we are. It's okay the pace of where we're going. We have amazing artists. We have amazing writers. We have this avant-garde thing. And I'm just so glad to be in this community where we're writing about it, talking about it, doing the work of like laying down the, the pathways that allow many people to journey here after us. So yeah, yay! Sometimes I like to just wait and see if somebody's going to jump in and talk. But the thing is, we're all so polite. Um, yeah, we're so polite because we're writers. We're introverts living in an extroverted world, in some cases living in extroverted lifestyle. Um, I'm not an extrovert, but I play one on TV. Okay, we did have another topic for today. Uh, we've only got about five minutes left, so why don't we just continue with this? Tell us what you what you've come across, Web3 writers. That's what we are, Web3 publishers, Web3 writers. So you guys open up your mics and share what you've come across recently, something you've seen interesting in terms of Web3, in terms of writing, in terms of Write3. And by the way, where is Greg Younger? Does anybody know? It's a good question, but I wish him well wherever he is. Rihanna, I see you've got your hand up. Um, maybe you could go, and then I realize I do have something to pull the community um, about poetry and lit and getting together on Web3. Yeah, I just wanted to address where Greg Younger is. 
Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think Edward can probably attest to this when you're gone for a while. I'm like, where are you? And so like Edward was out on walkabout or something. And I was like, where are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Are you all right? And so we haven't seen Greg in a while. And so I did a, a week or so ago, I reached out to him and he said, he's just taking a break, doing some behind the scenes building, but he'll be back. And so just, you know, letting everybody know he's, he's still around. He's just revamping some things and then he'll come back. So yeah. Awesome. So if you get a note from me, <laughs> it's just cause I've been worrying about you. <laughs> Well, hey, I just wanted to make sure he's okay because I love Greg. I mean, me, you, Edward, we and Greg, we sat on that panel. And Greg is one of the – everybody kept thinking he and I were brothers. Um, in fact, after the panel, we had one one person came up very excited to ask a question. And her question, we, we were like, oh, what's her question going to be? And she's going to be like, are you guys brothers? <laughs> and that was the first time he and I realized that we even looked similar, which, by the way, we don't think we look similar. But everybody else seems to have that idea. You might look just slightly similar. Well, Rihanna, I think that's again another one of the beautiful things about the community is is looking out for each other, reaching out for each other. You know, I um, another community I'm in, uh, another artist, you know, was unfortunately affected by the Turkey earthquake, and um, you know, it's it's good that we have, but but we reached out right away and, and figured out that he was you know alive and his family was alive, and, and what could we do? Um, I think it's really awesome that we do have people who uh, will reach out and ask, you know, where are you and what are you up to? Um, and I challenge everybody uh, to um, to do that if there's someone who just drops out that you know about. Because often there may be an easy explanation, but also if you know you're dropping out, you know, maybe throw a note out there because people actually do care in this community. So I think that's, that's one of the beautiful things about it. Um, speaking of community, I just want to ask everybody a quick question. Uh, looking to, we had a question about, you know, what's going on with LID. One of the things is that they continue to do interesting things and they have built a, um, uh, on cyber kind of, uh, a portal, um, this Litadel, which is like a giant castle in the sky, like Howl's moving castle, but filled with art and poetry. And they've actually run movie nights. And apparently there's a lot of interesting stuff you can do in, um, 3d virtual, and one of the things I said is like, hey, you've done a, po a, a movie night. Could we do a poetry reading? And they said, yes, that would be wonderful. Um, so now we just got to figure out a time and a date, a time and a day of the week, basically, that works for people. Um, because especially when you have Europe and Asia and America all trying to get on the same sheet of music, like for this, uh, it gets a little challenging. But does anybody have an idea of what might be, you know, what's the time or a day of the week that might be better or worse, weekends or the middle of the week, or um, any thoughts? Feel free to just uh, tweet to me as well. But um, hey, Peter Dora, I see your hands up. Edward, uh, since I opened my mic, I'm going to tell you. Uh, with the Moonlings Project, our uh, our Discord guru is based in Turkey, and we, we're distributed all over the world. Um, and we've found that 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is sort of like that hits the sweet spot for us. I'm not sure if that would work for you, but that for us, that's the sweet spot. Great data point. Thank you so much. I think, I think Todd Writing and Future Dora both had hands up. Yeah, Future Dora, why don't you go first? Hello. It's been a while. Um, so happy to hear everybody's voice and the conversation. Um, super excited, Edward, to hear more about the on cyber and being part if time fits, but I'm happy that that's happening. I think it's something that I'm super curious on how to make the experience 
more unique. I feel like spatial was something, at least in my experience, was more louder and it kind of quieted down. So I'm super excited to see that. Um, and then also wanted to give flowers to Arjan for doing such a amazing job on the um, the Q and A and just introducing different poets. That's not specific to. I think a community and just getting a wide, you know, po poets to be on his platforms. I really, truly appreciate some of um, his interviews already that I've gone back to. Um, I want, just wanted to share something I bumped into that I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, it's a tech company that made a poem booth. I'll pin it up. It's super interesting using poetry and AI if anybody's interested. So that's it for me. And a hello to everyone. And thank you for the space. Very cool. Very cool. I'll just I'll just say real quick, um, the, the things that, uh, one of the things that I mentioned uh, in yesterday's meeting was uh, the uh, story protocol. That, that's one of the things that I, I think that was, I think that's what it's called, uh, which was interesting me from this last week. Um, at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, there's going to be a Twitter space today held by Nada of the Sun. And they're going to have some of the founders of, of, that, uh, of, uh, of that company on there. So I wanted to throw that out in case other people are interested. Nada of the Sun is so awesome. Uh, um, by the way, Arjun, that was, you invited her here last time, right? I, I loved that. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not sure I did. Who? Oh, okay. Um, I, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Not of the Sun is great. I was thinking that you had invited her to um, to come to the Web3 Writers Hour previously, but I, I think no. Um, okay, Thanks. you guys, we are just about out of time. Uh, we are going to be making this into a podcast that we're going to distribute through our Substack, the Vagabond Magazine Substack. If you are not a subscriber yet, you should subscribe right now. It's Vagobond, V-A-G-O-B-O-N-D dot substack dot com. It's free, and that way you will get awesome Web3 Writers Hours, the VMGM show, and issues of Vagabond Magazine articles, amazing things, all kinds of stuff from the Vagabond Magazine Network. That's the first time I've ever called it that, but why not? Um, hey, so our tradition with this show is because we love each other and the world, we close the show with aloha which in hawaiian where i'm based is hello it's goodbye but most importantly it means love aloha is we breathe the same breath we breathe have the same life we are one so if everybody wants to open your mic and just at the count of three say aloha however you like and we'll close out the show that way one two three aloha. Aloha. Aloha.